Hey, Karen Conti is with us. You know Karen. She's a partner at Conti and Dolan. Yes, her name is on the front of that law firm sign. Uh, I was intrigued by this story, Karen, about a thumbs up emoji and how it affects a court case. Can something we text in the form of an emoji hold up in court? Yeah, this is interesting. It basically, the judge said that the emoji was evidence of the acceptance of an offer and that it concluded that this was a valid contract based solely on that thumbs up. And, you know, you have to look at what a contract is, and the contract is an offer. I offer to sell you something, Lisa, I will sell you my Madonna tickets, let's say. And the and you you may and you and we agree on a price and we go back and forth and I say, is it a deal? And you send me an emoji that says a thumbs up. Well, I can count on that because we've been having this discussion and it's clear from the thread of emails that there was an offer and acceptance and agreement on the terms and that can be deemed to be a valid contract. Oh, my gosh. How about a handshake or a nod? Is that a valid acceptance of contract terms? It can be. It, it, it definitely can be. You know, oral agreements are enforced every day. A lot of people think uh, oral agreements are not enforceable. They absolutely are. You know, you see this a lot where people borrow money from your aunt and you say, here, you know, my aunt gives you $100 and you agree to pay it back in a couple of weeks and you don't with that. And then you say, well, a lot of people say that's not a contract because there was nothing in writing. Absolutely not. It's a he said, she said, but is it really believable that the aunt was going to give him and gift him that? money or is it more believable that it was a contract to repay so these types of things uh, get enforced all the time interesting and then there's those construction firms whether it's roofing or remodeling whatever it might be where they give you a written proposal in my case it was fencing and you sign the proposal and you pay a down payment does that constitute a binding contract do you have to continue to do business with them if you decide to go with someone else well, if you put the down payment on, you've contracted with them. Now, the question is, if you back out of it, you know, can you back out of it? And it's going to depend on whether or not there's something in that contract that says that you can. But since that, since you made that payment and the person may have committed to starting that job, then that's enough for that to be a binding contract. Now, if he starts doing a bad job, you might have a right to say that he breached it first, and therefore you are going to not pay him the rest of the contract term. And that, that gets a little bit, that gets a little bit more in the weeds there. I just got a text from my niece. She goes, "Uh Oh, I guess we have a contract because I I loaned her a little (laughs) bit of money. (laughs) It's enforceable. People say is like even a cab driver, you know, there's a contract. The, The implicit contract is when you get into a cab and you tell somebody where to go, you don't have to have say, let's shake on it or have an emoji or have an agreement. You, if he takes you to that place, you have to pay him what's on the meter. So, again, that's, that's an implied contract, uh, yet another kind of contract, but certainly enforceable. Interesting. So an emoji in the form of a text message, a nod, a handshake, all enforceable contracts in the eyes of the court. Yes, it can be. And in this case, too, uh, there was a course of conduct, a course of dealing, we call it, which means that this is how these two parties did business. They were very informal and they would, you know, say yes. And they'd, they'd say, you know, say things that were, you know, that, that weren't a formal contract. And so given that course of dealing, the court can look at that history and say, yeah, this is how they always did business and I'm going to enforce this one. Why is this one different? Huh. So even though it happened in Canada, Canada, this would be enforceable in the U.S. as well. 
Yeah, I think it would. I, I haven't seen that case yet, but it's probably coming. Okay. And should you always get something in writing if you don't want to get a lawyer involved? I mean, can you write up your own agreement and will it be enforceable? Absolutely. You don't need a lawyer for a contract. I mean, if it's something of great significance, you're going to want a contract. But when it comes to a contract, you can just say, I am loaning you money. This is the amount of money. This is, these are the terms of repayment. You're going to pay within a certain amount of time. There's going to be interest or no interest. You know, and you write all that stuff down in bullet points and you, put, you sign your names. And that can be a binding contract as well as an email string. I have a case right now where the parties were going back and forth, and one of the parties, uh, the defendant, said over and over again, I'm going to pay you, I agree, I owe it, I pay you. And then they're denying that there was a contract. I'm like, you said in your email that you were going to pay it. What better evidence of a contract is your acknowledgement and your promise to, to pay? So, again, email strings are very important. Interesting. This is Karen Conti. She is a partner at Conti and Dolan. She's my legal eagle, the person that I turn to. I got a text message at the start of the show. They were very frustrated, and I have an ongoing hate relationship with Ticketmaster, especially over farm-aid tickets today. But this person bought tickets to Madonna, $1,600 worth of tickets. You know Madonna got sick. She says she's not sure when she'll reschedule the show. So she got an email saying they're not currently allowing refunds. Um, and the tour is on hold with no date yet to be rescheduled. She wanted to know how they could get away with this with holding on to her $1,600. I'm quite sure that the ticket had very small print that in online uh, also had this information. In fact, if you go to Ticketmaster to the website, there's a whole single space, three or four page what you do in the event of, and there's different provisions for when it's canceled, and there's different provisions for when it's rescheduled. If it's canceled, you have certain rights, and they're, they're, they go on and on about how it, how it should work, and a lot has to do with the, the promoter and the artist and how they want to deal with it. But you really, if you read it, you don't have that many rights. If you're rescheduling, you have to wait to see what they're going to do. You may have an option to get your money back. You may have an option just to get a credit in the future, or you may have an option to attend the concert in the future, depending on what is offered. But you certainly, as a consumer, when you buy tickets, you are not in a good place. And as we know, the government, the Congress is looking into making some changes, and I would really like to see that happen. Me too, because it is frustrating. And there is that little box that you click that says, I agree, and today when I was trying to buy Farm Aid tickets, I clicked it without looking at anything that was written underneath it. Sure. You don't have much of a choice, do you? No. I mean, are you, you, what, what are you going to do? Where are you going to get tickets besides yeah. Ticketmaster? And that's the problem. There was an approval of a merger years ago with Ticketmaster, and Ticketmaster controls so much that you don't have a choice as a consumer. If you had a better choice, there may be better terms. And, um, I'm sh- I, again, I hope that the government gets together in, in a nonpartisan way and starts passing some laws that help consumers in, in, in these kinds of things. Karen, how can people reach out to you? Where can they find you? You can find me at, uh, you can email me at WGN at AskKarenConti.com. The spelling is all over the internet. You can go to the uh, website for WGN. I have a page there with all my podcasts. Or you can look up my my website, Conti and Dolan. uh, Or you can call me at 312-332-7800. Thank you so much for answering all of our questions. All right. Take care, Lisa. That's Karen Conti. Steve's News is next on 720 WGN. 
Please sit